Welcome, guys. All right, we are here for episode nine of Legally Dirty Blonde. I can't believe we're already up to episode nine. Today, we're going to talk about the theories of the Maxwell case and what I think is going to happen going forward. And so, without further ado, let's let's get this party started. All right, all right, all right. Today we have Matthew McConaughey as our guest. Just kidding. It's just me. Um, All right, so some updates from after court on Friday. Apparently, the defense filed some legal documents, including a letter to Judge Nathan regarding a request to keep the identity of three witnesses they plan to call secret. So basically what they're asking is that the judge provide the same protection that was given to the victims of the abuse in this case to these random witnesses, who I can really only assume are definitely not victims of sexual abuse. In the letter, the defense attorney wrote, and I quote, The court's ruling on this issue may impact the willingness of these witnesses to testify. Close quote. And went on to say that this could compromise Ms. Maxwell's right to present her defense. So let me get this straight. They're saying that every witness who testifies at a trial is willingly doing so and is not at all concerned with their reputation and how being all tied up with criminal defendants such as Maxwell or Epstein might have them look like a total scumbag. And in case you couldn't tell that sarcasm, people, I mean, most people don't want to have to testify at a trial, period. This is sort of a ridiculous stretch, in in my opinion. I've never heard of a defense team asking for anonymity like this. I don't think that this is going to be granted by any means. But, like, I'm like, sorry, if you can't get your witness to testify for your own piece of shit client... That's definitely a you problem and not the court's problem. So it's up to you to figure that shit out. You know, like I said, this is really not a normal request, and I'm even a little surprised that these defense attorneys asked. But anyway, like I said, I doubt this will be granted, and that's for a few reasons. And one is because of what Judge Nathan said in response. So she basically told both sides that they should discuss the issue and try to work at an agreement without her needing to interject with the ruling. But she then added that even if they did agree on an anonymity here, she would be looking for authority, meaning she wants some case law or some sort of support to show that this act would in fact be permissible under federal law and in federal court. Because remember, no judge wants a ruling of theirs to be an issue raised on appeal she wants to make she wants she wants to get this right the first time. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like the judge is skeptical here and I think she should be because this is pretty much unheard of in terms of defense witnesses. Of course, anonymity for victims is often is often granted and is a pretty normal process. 
but not when it's a, a defense, it's a defense witness. In my, they would have to show some really exceptional, special circumstances. They, and they would, they would literally have to be like, hey, the Pope's going to testify, but he, he can't bring the uh, bulletproof Pope mobile up in here, so he, he can't risk being killed, so this needs to be anonymous, a.k.a. over-the-top circumstances basically sounds fabricated because that was fabricated. I just mean, I don't see how they're going to pull that one off. But yeah, I don't think the defense will be able to offer an excuse reasonable enough to to get that granted, unless it's like national security either. But again, I don't see how that could be. Anyway, so that was the update from after Friday. But when we left off, the defense had just said that they didn't think their case would last more than four days and said it would even likely be less. So let's talk about what that means. So let's Maxwell taking the stand. You know, lately in the past couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of high profile defendants take the stand. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, ooh, I bet this bitch will too. You know, she wants to she wants to say her story. But I personally do not think there is a chance in hell that this bitch will take the stand. But let's dive in here. You know, we saw Kyle Rittenhouse take the stand in his defense. Why is that different? When you claim self-defense, you kind of have to take the stand because you have to tell your side and you you have to tell your side of the story in order to say, yeah, this was self-defense. I mean, otherwise, how is anybody going to know? Then in another trial, we saw one of the three fucked up racist murderers from the Ahmaud Arbery case take the stand. And well, as we know, that clearly didn't work out well for him, but fuck it. Um, Also, Elizabeth Holmes the weirdo CEO of Theranos, took the stand in her own defense during her fraud trial and was up there looking like a dumbass for seven fucking days. Seven days. That's, like, she was up there for five, like, five weekdays and then two more weekdays. That's a long time to be subject to grilling by an attorney. I I can't, I can't imagine things went great. Honestly, no one can look good the entire time for seven days of a lawyer grilling the fuck out of them. I'm sorry, it's impossible, especially seasoned attorneys like this. I'm sure she made mistakes of her own. Lastly, we saw Smollett take the stand, and that certainly did not go well for him. He also looked like a fucking dumbass, in my opinion. I I mean, I I couldn't even believe that he took the stand. I thought that was fucking wild. Um, So, yeah. Basically, it usually doesn't go well when a defense, when a defendant takes the stand. So I can, I, I don't think she will. When a defense attorney is determining how to advise their client on this issue, they usually are focused on how strong the prosecution's case was. And if the risk of putting their client up there to potentially have them attacked outweighs the benefits of rebutting the prosecution's case. So like meaning if the prosecution doesn't if the prosecution had a super strong case against your client, you may want to put them up there and take the chance of that attack because you may want them to have the opportunity to at least get their story out there to the jury, even if it means being attacked on some other things. However, if the prosecution doesn't assert a super strong case, you probably don't want to do that because you're you're only hurting yourself, really, by taking that risk. So um, also, just a little little factoid for you, which probably also weighs heavily on this decision. Uh, I happened to read that during her, during 
Maxwell's deposition for the Robert Virginia Roberts civil case, Maxwell was being questioned by the attorney, and that attorney came well prepared, and she was all like, well, actually, on this date, at this time, you were with this person doing this. And let me tell you, Maxwell was not pleased with that. She apparently became enraged and bang, banged her fists on the table. And I was like, whoa, I don't think they taught you that at Oxford, ma'am. So, you know, based on that and like just, just based on the fact that that's how you would react to being questioned and not, not liking that they're questioning your answers, I'm doubtful her attorneys would be like, yeah, girl, you get up there and defend yourself. You know, she clearly d- didn't handle that well, and I I doubt that they, and that wasn't even at trial. That was at deposition, which is also stressful, but nowhere near as stressful as being up on the stand at trial like that. So at the end of the day, you know, the decision to testify is actually up to the defendant and not up to their uh, attorney. You know, their attorney will advise them what they think is best, but it's not up to the attorney. And the judge will actually ask her if she's plan- if she wants to take the stand. They will specifically ask her that at the trial. And, you know, she could surprise everybody, including her own lawyers, likely, and be like, yeah, I do want to take the stand, but I highly doubt this will be the case. But stranger things have happened. Um, but again, this now leaves the jury to be like, so what did, what did you think was going on behind that door with, with your you know, quote unquote, boyfriend and these girls, like, what did you think was happening? And they won't be given an explanation. She won't have the opportunity to give her explanation of that. But she also isn't opening up the door to be attacked from every angle by the prosecution. And you have to remember that the government has a ton of fucking evidence against her to show that she was physically with Epstein, like probably, I'm making up this number, but 90% of the time during this period, And so for her to claim that she was unaware of anything going on is pretty much completely unreasonable and would definitely be shown if she got up on the stand like a dumbass. But you know what? What, We can dream. We can dream, guys. So because she probably won't take the stand, I think the defense will use certain tactics, including emphasizing that the burden of proof is on the prosecution because since since their client won't be up there to tell her alternative alternative narrative, you know, they're going to just have to say they didn't prove their case. The burden's on them. They didn't prove their case. You know, they'll continue to focus their defense on attacking the credibility of the witnesses and the victims, basically trying to turn focus away from Maxwell and keeping it on Epstein as well as the what they're saying is the lack of credibility of the prosecution's witnesses. So... And just as an aside, since Friday, I think the fact that the defense said they will only take at maximum four days to present their case is pretty much confirmation that Maxwell will not be taking the stand. You know, any any defense attorney worth the salt in this situation damn well knows that her cross-examination alone could take a week. Like if Elizabeth Holmes' fraud case cross-exam, uh, com- all of her ex- examining, examining, all of her testimony um, took a week, I mean, this is an even more in-depth case, and you can imagine it, it could it could take a year. I mean, I'm kidding, not a year, but a long a long fucking time. So you know, I don't, I definitely don't think that she will be taking the stand. But again, maybe they're maybe they're fucking with all of us, and they're using this as a strategic move. And you know, come come this Thursday, bam, she's on the stand. The prosecutor's not prepared for this, and you know. 
whatever. But that's that's not going to happen. And I am sure that the prosecution would be prepared for that situation to happen just in case. And so, all right, so I've read some commentary that the defense could try and portray Maxwell as a victim of Epstein's as well. You know, I would think that that would be a horrible route to take for the defense. I really do not think that this would put a good taste in the jury's mouth. I think if anything, they'd be like, really, you're going to say that you're a victim when you were the adult here and these were teenagers? Like, no, that's not going to fly. I really don't see that working out. And, like, listen, there are situations where these, you know, con- people that are convicted of sex trafficking, women, um, are uh, were because they were working with their own abuser and they do get convicted and they usually have shorter sentences than they would normally, but th- that does happen and it's not, an, it's not totally uncommon in these sex trafficking situations for a defendant to basically be referred to as a defendant victim. Again, do I think that that would play out well here? No. So I doubt they'll go that route, but hey, you never know. But all right, so let's talk about experts again. So remember in the quickie episode we did on false memories, I talked about that world-renowned doctor, Dr. Elizabeth Loftus, who did a lot of research on false memories that is really highly regarded. Uh, Guess what, guys? She is going to be the uh, witness, the expert for the defense. How funny is that? She is the best money can buy, and I can assure you that she certainly costs a pretty penny. I think I mentioned in the last episode that, um, well, well, not in the last episode, in the false memories episode, and if I didn't, I'm mentioning it now, She was an expert in a number of high-profile sexual assault cases, and she testified for the defense, including Harvey Weinstein, as well as O.J. Simpson. There was somebody else that I'm forgetting, but, you know, personally, I don't love that she only works for the defense, but listen, girl's got to make a living, and I I can't hate on that. Uh, But yeah, believe me, when I say that 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 point will be made by the prosecution, meaning that she's only testified for the defense when she's acted as an expert. Oh, that'll be brought up amongst a lot of other shit that's going to make her look bad. So on cross, they'll be able to ask her, you know, how much uh, are you getting paid to testify here today? And the answer is going to be a couple thousand, maybe five thousand dollars. I'll it could be more than that. So she'll have to say, and they can say, how much uh, did you get paid to review the case prior to coming here today per hour? What's your hourly rate? How much did they pay for you to fly here? Did you fly first class? Where are they putting you up? What hotel is that? How much does that cost tonight? So, you know, the jury will probably think she's an asshat for these financial reasons. But again, that doesn't mean that they'll necessarily discount her credibility as an expert on these issues. So... You know, it'll be interesting. But a a new fact that we found out is that the defense said that they may call yet another famous expert that is well known in in the court system. And that is forensic psychiatrist Dr. Park Dietz. Dr. Dietz has testified for the prosecution in the past for cases. Um, This included the attempted or the would be, I guess, presidential assassin John Hinckley Jr., 
as well as in the case brought against Jeffrey Dahmer. We all know Jeff. If you're a true crime fan, you know Jeffrey Dahmer. And if you're not, you you should be a true crime fan because you're listening to this. But, you know, the defense wants him or wants Dr. Dietz to testify to something referred to as the halo effect. And what what Dr. Dietz would testify to is that Epstein used his money, power, and status to surround himself with people like Maxwell that would serve his needs as he pleased, but would also be compartmentalizing what they knew was actually going on, like, i.e. abusing these girls. So, you know, Judge Nathan basically said, well, listen, Dr. Dietz didn't examine Dr. Uh, Dr. Epstein, please, didn't examine Epstein personally. So I'm not going to let him testify to those specifics, but Dr. Dietz can testify to what the halo effect theory is. So this is kind of like her ruling that uh, for the prosecution's witness, Dr. Rocchio, who was testifying about grooming, you know, she tested to testified to grooming generally and what that procedure with these words I'm using today, um, you know, what that process was. She didn't testify specifically to the victims because she never treated them. So, you know, what's fair is fair, and that was a fair ruling. And, you know, one for the prosecution, one for the defense. So, you know, the judge said that this testimony could be relevant to the jury's determination of Maxwell's knowledge because it could explain, for example, that Maxwell took actions that resulted in the sexual abuse, but that she lacked the intention or knowledge that that would happen. And again, for me, this goes to the prosecution's expert, Dr. Rocchio, who, as you may recall, she was asked if the behavior being dis- being, categor- being categor- categorized as grooming behavior by Epstein could, in other, in other situations, be deemed innocuous or inoffensive regular behavior, like taking somebody shopping, you know, is, is that necessarily grooming behavior? And... Dr. Rocchio had testified, no, it's not necessarily grooming behavior, but a lot of it relies on the intention of the adult in this situation. So what did the judge just say? She said that she thought that this could go to the fact that, you know, she, that Maxwell took actions that resulted in sexual abuse, but that she lacked the intention. So, you know, if there's no intent, can the prosecution still win their case, even though their expert kind of said the opposite? You know, I actually think this was super smart on behalf of the defense. The argument kind of came out perfectly for them. The judge even said it. It was definitely a good strategy on their part. It's probably not enough to win the case, but I think it's still a good attempt to circumvent the prosecution here. I thought that very legally, legally smart move. Good job. Um, all right. So next, let's talk about why the fuck Virginia Roberts isn't in this case, because I really don't get it. I just don't understand why they're discussing her so much when she is not here and is not being called as a witness by either side to corroborate this. I I just can't understand why they're not. The only things I can really think of is that it would, maybe the prosecution just thought, oh, her testimony is going to just convolute everything and, and and confuse the jury. Like, meaning it would only serve to complicate the main issue of their narrative. Um... You know, she accused, and very vocally, a number of powerful men of of trafficking her, and that included, like we said, Prince Andrew, also a number of other really, you know, high-profile dudes. 
the former New Mexico Governor Richardson, Alan Dershowitz, who was part of the Dream Team for O.J. Simpson, um, Jean-Luc Brunel, some French guy that's important, um, former Senator George Mitchell, and billionaire Glenn Dubin. All of these dudes have vehemently denied the allegations and have per- and have attacked her credibility in the press already. She's kind of been smeared. So, you know, my thought is that maybe the prosecution didn't want to muddy their narrative with all the salacious news coverage about this. She also had admittedly got gotten details wrong when she initially came forward about all of this. So I don't know, maybe that was part of it, too. You know, this is all just speculation on my part. I, I would think she maybe would have made a good witness in a lot of ways. She may have made a similar witness to Annie Farmer, who who was a, a positive for the prosecution. But, you know, there's probably a lot that we don't know here. I, you know, actually, there's absolutely 100% a whole lot that we don't fucking know here. But I, I, I find this whole thing kind of odd that she's not here to, uh, you know, tell her own story. And in, in, in a way, it's being told through others' testimony and sworn statements in court. I don't really get that. Um, so also we, we talked about this in the last case. I, I'm totally going to blank. Hold on. Give me a second. Cause I'm going to blank on her name, but we talked about in the last episode, the woman that is also accused of misconduct. Um, and she was brought up in the context of the FedEx FedEx, uh, documents Sending them, what is her name? Sarah Kellen. Where is she? What's up with this? What's going on? Why isn't why isn't she here? And honestly, I don't know. You guys can tell me. Maybe you've heard of her before. I certainly had it. And I'm like, well, I don't gotta know what's going on here, guys. You gotta tell us what's up. Um, you know, you gotta come you gotta come across well to a jury. A jury has to trust you. And if they don't trust you, it goes a long way. I'm not saying that's what they're thinking. I have no idea what they're thinking, and you know. It is what it is, but I do think that some of this stuff is a little off, and I'd like to know why we're, A, you know, not calling certain people, B, why are we protecting people's names in these documents, videos, evidence, and not showing the public, which is what these trials should be. They should be public. There is a reason. So, you know, I got some I got some shit to say about that, clearly, but anyway, for now... There's a couple of uh, quick and quick and random facts that I found uh, from this week from reading reading a lot of shit. So one of the defense attorneys, Christian Everdell, he is actually a former U.S. attorney, and he was an integral part of the government's team who put El Chapo away. So, you know, this ain't his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. He probably even knows these prosecutors. So, you know, they know what they're up against here. Um, I also read that one of the defense attorneys, uh, Menninger, I believe it was, she worked on the defense team for the man who was basically Bin Laden's mouthpiece here, and that dude got convicted, so, you know, fuck him, but, I mean, I think she lost that one before it even started, to be fair, but, you know, again, saying her, saying her, her first walk around the block, I'm just gonna use a bunch of different, uh, phrases for you guys, um, let's see, Last thing. So interesting. Judge Nathan, she presided or had an involvement with two other pretty high profile situations. First, she basically confirmed a ruling another judge had made on a Weinstein case. 
it was she was involved in a small capacity, but there was that. But notably, she was the reason that Elon Musk was ordered to meet with the SEC over his tweets that they allege were misleading investors, like about how many Teslas were going to come out in 2019 and shit like that. So, you know, just just some interesting facts. Doesn't mean anything about the case. I just thought that was interesting. So that's it for today, guys. Um, We're all caught up now. One last thing I will say is that once the defense rests their case, the prosecution does have the opportunity to present a rebuttal case if they choose to. I'm honestly not sure how common this is in federal court, but I'll try to do some research and see see how often and if that happens ever, really. Um, so yeah, they'll start up again on Thursday, which was kind of a weird day to restart the case. But anyway, until then, remember, legally, dirty blondes have more fun. <laughs>